Welcome to the Engineering Career Conversations. I'm Krista Downey, Director of the Engineering Career Center at Cornell University. And I'm Tracy Nathans-Kelly, Director of the Engineering Communications Program. We are excited to bring you this forum where we will host lively conversations that we hope will inspire you. Welcome, Matt. Thanks. Glad to be here. Yeah, it's good to have you. I'm going to introduce you. Matt is a biosystems engineering manager for Square Roots, an urban farming company based in Brooklyn, New York. He studied biological engineering at Cornell University and software engineering at Flatiron School before going to work in the agriculture industry, first for Aero Farms and now for Square Roots. So, Matt, can you tell us more about your work? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Krista. Um, so, yeah, at Square Roots, uh, we design, build, own, and operate indoor vertically farms. We are a vertically integrated vertical farming company. Um, we're working to develop a distributed network of lean farms that sell high value, high quality, and high impact products. So for me and my team, it means, um, and I, I lead the hardware engineering team. So uh, we're designing productive space efficient systems that can be manufactured and commissioned quickly and affordably. Um, we partner with food distributors like Gordon Food Service and UNFI. Uh, and we build our farms directly on their campuses. Uh, this allows us to minimize things like cold chain transportation and impact, and also provides us access to their network and resources. Um, so yeah, we my team develops all the growing systems in addition to operational tools, automation equipment integrations, and modifications. Um, we get to work really closely with like nearly every other department, plant R&D and optimizing grow recipes, farm teams to collect feedback or provide technical support, our software engineering team to optimize farm control and workforce management applications. And then we have a manufacturing and deployment team that'll take our designs from a few prototypes to hundreds or thousands of parts in production farms. Um, so yeah, we work a lot with our hands and you know we love making elegant and functional designs come to life, uh, use 3D printers, metal and plastic fabricators, and then kind of a standard set of machining tools to, to do this. Coming from a farming community growing up. I grew up in Southern Idaho. This is all really fascinating to me. And I've seen a lot of this developing over the years, these indoor agricultural uh, ventures versus traditional farming, like I grew up and saw in the, in the fields in my home state. And so can you walk people through what differentiates your in, indoor agriculture model from traditional models and where you see it going in the coming years? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so like the the highest level differences are ones you'll hear if you talk to anybody in the industry, which is um, using significantly less water, usually 90% or more less than traditional um, agriculture, as well as significantly less fertilizer. We can avoid things like soil degradation, biodiversity loss, runoff, pesticide use. And there are tradition, uh, more traditional methods outdoors of, of avoiding some of those. But categorically, like we avoid those as well as we're able to grow year round in pretty much any climate. Um, we're using, you know, almost in, depending on the situation for us, we use entirely artificial lighting sources. Some might use supplemental lighting sources, um, but we're yeah artificial lighting. We're conditioning an isolated environment so we can tune the environment to exactly what the, those plants need um, and as well as there's a strong value proposition for increased nutritional content. A large part of that is B12 
because the produce is fresher, it gets harvested and it's on the shelf um, the same day, um, sometimes in a matter of hours. Um, and also connected to those increased nutritional qualities can be that they're grown under ideal condition with tailored genetics. Um, I mean, I think something that's surprising to a lot of people is we, you know, there's, it takes obviously a lot of uh, non-solar energy inputs um, for indoor agriculture, but stu study, recent studies have shown that the energy input into traditional agriculture um, is balanced out by that used in a controlled environment once that produce is traveling at least a thousand miles. And most produce travels at least 1,500 miles um, from where it's grown to its final destination. I mean, California to New York is 3,000 miles. So even from there to the Midwest, Mexico, um, uh, it's traveling quite far. And that's that's a large part of the impact. I really think that the intersection here of the, the different sciences, right? We've got the, it seems like two ends of the spectrum coming together with the work that you do. So how did you get to this intersection of you know, software engineering and ag and your bioengineering degree? Yeah, so um, studied biological engineering at Cornell. Um, I think the program was going through a transition where it was still the biological engineering program, but now that program is actually the biomedical program. Agricultural engineering, um, I think for a while at Cornell is, is, is becoming uh, coming back and rising prominence. And so I was in this period in, in between where some people are focused on CEA, Neil Matson, uh, Dr. Michael Timmons. Um, Dr. Michael Timmons was my advisor, and he was a pioneer in aquaculture and aquaponics. Um, so it was through uh, through him and uh, working at, and uh, renting some space in one of the greenhouses at Cornell that I got hands-on experience with this. Um, and then I also had an internship uh, for a venture capital firm where I was on their prospecting team and I would look through everything coming through a select group of uh, investors, all their investments. So I would see a lot of big tech investments. And so that's where I saw some of the early uh, entrance to the industry, like Aero Farms and Bowery and Plenty, and I'd see their funding around. So I kind of was aware of them um, from this internship experience and then got further exposed through my, particularly my advisor at Cornell. Uh, we did a, a class called Entrepreneurial Management for Engineers, where the class collectively wrote a business plan, designed an aquaponics farm that would provide um, financial independence for an orphanage in Chile. Um, and I led the engineering team for that project. So I got a really great like holistic exposure to all the different verticals, like designing it, what the social impact is, the business side. And I and I really like all of it. Um, and uh, part of it was just that it is so multidisciplinary. Um, in its nature that I was attracted to it because I'm, I'm just very curious about kind of everything that goes into it. Matt, you um, probably with your work with Mike Timmons and the aquaponics worked with our colleague from engineering communication, Dr. Rick Evans. I believe yes. he was in on those rounds too. Yeah. It's a really great project and it has so much life and legs on it um, with those, that aquaponics uh, and it, they will be so happy to know how this has cascaded out <laughs> for you. Yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely that that project was something I I really enjoyed on on multiple levels. Um, so yeah, it was overall a great experience and kind of led me down this trajectory. Yeah, uh, Matt, your um, resume and experience is quite impressive. So what? Thank you. 
you're welcome. Thank you for doing this important work. Um, so what would you recommend to a student, an undergrad or maybe a men student who is curious about this and thinking they might be able to find a way in to contribute to this type of work? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, start reading about it, reach out to people, you know, especially at Cornell, there's a lot of resources. Um, but I think most importantly, like grow something, um, you know, go online, find a basic DIY hydroponics kit, um, or just buy one, like see, you know, do, do you enjoy growing things? Um, it's, it's great to kind of see how, like, what you build and what you set up and how that influences the product. And then you get to enjoy it, share it with other people. Um, I think that's probably the most important thing. Your curiosity will naturally lead you to focus on a certain element of that system. You know, if you like the electrical side, you might get really into getting like a Raspberry Pi or an Arduino and setting up the control system. Um, or you might dive deep into the, the genetics and what plants you want to grow um, and how you control the environment. So I think that's probably the most important thing is like just to start growing um, and, and kind of exercise that interest. Um, you've, you've indicated in a couple of places the kind of skills and interests that you had um, coming to where you are now. Can you think of uh, specific things that you would recommend to undergraduates? Like, don't forget to do this, <laughs> as well as, you know, skills, but also other activities that may influence how they get through their college years. Yeah, absolutely. Um, definitely uh, computer-aided design and engineering softwares are, are its some of the most powerful things that we and, and most uh, engineering companies utilize. Um, we can do mechanical simulations, fluid simulations, HVAC. We can do a lot of stuff on our computers and digitally before investing heavily into prototypes and testing. Um, and hardware, like just working in a hardware environment, like that, that's very important trying to mitigate risk. So I think that's probably the most, one of the most important skill sets to, to adopt. Um, other, other than that, it's such a multidisciplinary industry that, you know, mechanical, electrical, software, uh, biological engineering, um, business marketing. I mean, there's, there's room for everybody. Um, so I think, yeah, for engineers, uh, CAD, um, some sort of exposure to food production, um, some sort of exposure to biology, it's, it helps, but it's not, it's definitely not necessary. There's a lot of people who can contribute, um, who don't have, uh, knowledge in all of these areas. Um, they really just need to be interested. It's very clear that your work contributes to a healthier, more equitable, more sustainable world. And I would love to hear more about what you see is the vision that you're working toward. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think overall, like we're, you know, for, I think there's like what the industry's trying to do, what we're trying to do. And then there's obviously overlap. Um, I think the industry is trying to move towards a place where we're reducing food waste, reducing our carbon footprint. We're able to produce food uh, near where it's needed, particularly to supply food deserts. Um, as I mentioned, like fresh produce travels very far. There's tens of millions of people in the U.S. who don't have access to nutritious food. Um, so doing that in a sustainable way and continuing to improve on those metrics to not just be comparable to traditional agriculture, but be but be better and not to replace it, but to supplement it. Um, you know, especially right now, it's it's good for certain food. 
um, and not for others, you know, leafy greens, herbs. Uh, we're just starting to get into things like uh, tomatoes, strawberries, or the industry in general. Um, and then there's also like skilled job creation. Um, like the average age of farmers is over 60 years. In, in many places, it's a lot more. Farms are getting bigger. They're consolidating. Younger generations are less interested in taking them over. And like, and that's a problem too. So this kind of like new approach with that utilizes technology, it's an interesting opportunity for like existing farms to diversify. And it also attracts uh, younger people and um, will help kind of proliferate um, diversification in agriculture. Um, and then I think like lastly, like I said, I, I mentioned like, you know, producing new, more nutritious food, um, you know, being able to supply uh, better food um, and fresh food is, is you know, the mo and sustainably is the most important thing. Like that, that's the goal. Yeah, that's an inspiring vision and goal. Yes, thank you. The division between the generations of farming is, is at a critical point right now, as you, as you well know. And um, I appreciate that you are shining a light on that as well, right? It's not just a technological answer, but we need people to take up the helm and start doing all these new wonderful processes that we can get our fresh food with. Um, that said, uh, what people and organizations are important collaborators to you overall? Like, where do you look for inspiration or future collaborations? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so definitely like things coming out of academia. Um, you know, I, I follow stuff coming out of Cornell, uh, Dr. Sherry Kubota at Ohio State University, Neil Matson at Cornell, Bruce Bugby in Col Colorado. Um, and and all, all of those have like content on YouTube. Um, if for people who are interested, yeah, AgSci Cafe, Dr. Sherry Kubota is a really great one. Um, otherwise, we we do have there are some like kind of indoor agriculture consortiums in New York um, that get together. Um, but yeah, ultimately, I think uh, academia companies that are out there trying it right now. Um, there's this indoor agcon. Um, conferences where you get the opportunity to to meet with people and network and like learn what they're doing. Um, yeah, yeah, there's def definitely a lot of a lot of resources out there. I mean, um, yeah, we'll have some of those resources listed out for the listeners so they can tap into those as well. Thank you very much. Yeah. Of course, Matt. What was the most significant challenge you faced in your work, and how did you overcome it? Um, so I, let's see, there's, there's a lot of ways to approach this. Um, I think one of, one of the most significant challenges was when I joined Square Roots, I joined Monday, March 9th, and then Wednesday, March 11th is where things with COVID really picked up and most of the company went home. Um, we had just started the design of a new farming system. It was really a big step for Square Roots. Um, and we were on a timeline to try and deploy this farm beginning of 2021. Um, so just navigating the sudden change in, um, both kind of the foods, food landscape, the, uh, economy supply chain, uh, changing designs, like to meet, you know, parts that we were able to get easily before or materials are no longer available or are much more expensive, um, and having to adapt like our, our workflows, our designs, um, around that was particularly challenging. And then once we actually go to build the farm, 
working and coordinating with contractors. I went to Michigan. I was there for a few months, um, just kind of uh, overseeing the commissioning of the farm. And it was, that was a definitely a, a challenging process um, from design, testing, procurement, uh, contractors to commissioning. And now it's been in production for a couple of years. Um, so that was definitely, that was probably the most challenging um, thing that we've had to face. We like to ask our guests to dial back a few years and think about when they were a sophomore. So just that's about the time that you affiliate with a major and you're starting to make some decisions uh, about specific paths. So what do you wish you knew at that critical moment if you could go back and tell yourself something? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I think one thing uh, is to to diversify your your internships and your extracurricular activities. Um, I think a lot of people, you know, might go back to like the same company. And I think that's great for somebody who really knows what they want to do. But if you're not sure, uh, just keep trying things. It, it does it does add up. I, I Every internship or thing that I did was a little bit different, but they all contributed to ultimately realizing what I was, what I was interested in. Um, so that's something to think about. It's like, try different things. You know, if you're think if you're not sure you're interested in something like, you know, explore it. Um, another, like maybe more specific one is I, at the time, and I think a lot more people are aware of like software engineering boot camps. Um, it was pretty, uh, they, they were pretty still in their um, nascency in 2017. And those are really great. I, I mean, at Flatiron, it was a 15 week program. Um, I had from Cornell some exposure to software engineering and some of my own personal projects. Um, but it really took me from, it, I left that with the confidence to, I was also, while I was applying for jobs in agriculture, I was also applying for jobs as a software engineer. Those skills ended up being immediately translatable to controls engineering and automation engineering. And have definitely enabled me to do the job I do now where I interface with electrical engineers, control engineers, software engineers, mechanical engineers, and a 15 week program that can be, you know, some of them are shorter, some of them are self-paced, but it, it adds this tangible and immediately usable skill set. Um, and I, when I was there, there was a student who actually was a sophomore. They were taking a semester off to do this program and then going back and they were doing software engineering at school. And it's, it's a different way of learning. It's very targeted towards developing a strong technical skill set. So I think if anybody's interested in software engineering um, in particular, or think it might supplement their education well, um, it's an incredible investment. That's really great advice. Thank you. I hear that a lot from people already out in the world and they want to freshen up their skills, but I think the idea of a boot camp, uh, maybe as a summer project or something, right, is a, is a really nice way to supplement what they already have. I have so much curiosity around this subject, and, you know, I'm actually thinking maybe at some point I can come and visit and see, you know, what you're growing and what that looks like. And you have important work to do so right now. So for today, I think we should move into the speed round. Are you ready? Sure. Okay. Uh, what do you do, Matt, to relax, have fun, or re-energize? Yeah, I, uh, I, I spend a lot of time outdoors. Um, I'm fortunate that I grew up uh, just a few hours north of Manhattan, um, just far enough outside the city to be in a rural area. 
and um i go there a lot i, I hunt i hike I, I ski um so that's kind of my reprieve and that's that's what i've done um even throughout college i'd always kind of explore um and go back home um yeah between i mean between outdoor activities and exercise um that's 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 how i maintain my balance but I, I i love what i do i show up to work and everybody that i work with is super excited to be there we're constantly like building things and um it's really stimulating so that's that's really where most of my uh fun is 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 at work well keeping that in mind then what's a place that you go for uh, new information to stay current in your work and you mentioned some of the folks that you listen to like on youtube and their academic pieces are there any other places that you prefer to look to? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, there's a few uh, uh, media sources that I um, am subscribed to. Um, AgFunder, uh, Urban Ag, uh, Science Daily, uh, Vertical Farming Daily, um, and even Greenhouse Grower, like more start more traditional um, agricultural media sources. Um but yeah, of those like Urban Ag News, Vertical Farm Daily, uh, very popular. I think those are great um, because it kind of brings in information from a lot of places and then you can start to find other other helpful resources. Yeah, using those as a jumping off point to, to follow whatever rabbit hole you might need to follow that day. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Nat, if you were not doing this work right now, what would you be doing and which is closest to what you dreamed of when you were a child? If I was not doing this work right now, um, I mean, as a child, like when I was really young, when I probably started to know that I wanted to be an engineer, I was really interested in in like uh, cars and automotive manufacturing. And that's kind of what I thought I'd do. But as I grew up, again, like kind of in a rural agricultural town, um, I developed a connection to nature. And so I'd probably um, at this point, I would probably run a, a more traditional agricultural farm or a mix i'd, I'd kind of want to have a, a bit of everything indoor under glass outdoors um that's uh that's kind of what i'm interested in now i think a, a longer term vision um it's like a, a large part of what we do is like in, try and make designs that are very manufacturable and functional and uh like that's that's my favorite part of the process is the development process and so my, my dream is to one day have kind of a, a, a large shop where we can manufacture just about anything on a prototype scale and like help other people develop their products. Um, so that's that's probably the, the long term vision. Um, but I'll always want to have a connection to agriculture, my own farm, a victory garden, something. Excellent. I love that dream. Great. Well, I hope um, you enjoy the rest of your day and all of this. I, I, yeah, I don't even know what to say. This is so exciting. I have so many more questions. <laughs> we'll cut this. Oh, um, let's wrap this up, Tracy. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll do it. Okay. Um, well, Matt, thank you so much for all of the time that you've spent with us today. Um, I think we personally just find this intersection to be so, so interesting and unexpected. Uh, and we look forward to sharing with everybody the resources that you have given to us. And we hope to talk to you again in the future. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And thank, thank you both. Um, anytime you want to come and visit a Square Roots farm, I'm, I'm happy to arrange something. That sounds great. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you, Matt. 
Join us for the next episode where we will be celebrating excellence and innovation among engineers whose impact contributes to a healthier, more equitable, and more sustainable world. 